Do you have any tickets for the shuttle? I love New York City. The reason I live in New York City is because it's the loudest city on the planet Earth. It's so loud, I never have to listen to any of the shit that's going on in my head. Yankees suck! Yankees suck! Three-run home run for Bucky Dick. Red Sox never let you down. Baratek and A-Rod going at it. How do you like them apples? Yes, sir. The shuttle's back, ladies and gentlemen. Your favorite podcast that brings you all of the angst, the drama, the tragedy and triumph of the New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox rivalry, but also all things Boston, New York, some other cool shit thrown in, and we already had the first swear of the podcast. So I think that's uh, I think that's a bonus. Milt, are you with me? We are back. Back, back baby. We are back. Uh, what's the, what, <laughs> what is the most memorable rock and roll song with the word back in as used as you just used it as in returning? Well, I'm I think thinking, there's one definitive answer. Well, I got the boys are back in town from 48 yeah. hours sort of stuck in my head right here. And I feel it's appropriate for our, for our show right now. So the boys are back in town. Why? What are you thinking? Alexa, play the boys are back in town by the, uh, oh, what is it called? Oh no! Boys are back in town by Thin Lizzy from Spotify. Uh, well, that's one version. I was I wasn't thinking that one. I mean, that'll do. Can you hear that? I can. You know, okay. it's not exactly high quality stereo, but it's there. All right, Alexa, stop. Good girl. Well, anyway, we're so we're back. Yeah, we had we had a little bit of a hiatus, but um, and the the pennant race somehow went on without us. Shocking. And it, it ebbed and flowed. And uh, you accuse me of ducking you, I think. I think so. But, uh, but here we sit, the Red Sox with a couple game lead. Our magic number is three. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the both teams um, undramatically clinched playoff spots. Well, which, no, you hold know, on a second. You say undramatically, but you got to remember at the beginning of the season what expectations were for these New York Yankees. They were limited, limited at best. So you want to say this is just a matter of course, but at the beginning of April, there was no chance I'd be sitting here talking to you about the playoffs for both of our teams. You guys, I think the Red Sox, you had to have high hopes, right? Yeah, but like that, what, and I don't know if it's good or bad. I still think it's good, but that one game, the play-in game, whatever, what do you call it? The wild card game? Well, they call that the, game. It's called the wild card game. Is that yeah. why? Which you don't have to play in, most likely. Congratulations on that. Well, but yeah, not barring a catastrophe, the Red Sox won't have to play in it. You guys have to play in it. Is that really satisfying to me? It's like you know, it's like you just got invited to Willy Wonka's factory and you get to eat a tootsie roll. Like you know, yeah, here you no, go. No, no, I hear you. And, it's, and here's the thing: the, the Yankees are going to go in heavy favorites to this wild card game. They're probably going to play the Twins, who they just demolished in a series at Yankee Stadium. They're probably going to play at home, but it's a crapshoot. It's a single right. game. You just never know what's going to happen. But do you like it? I, um, do I like it? No it it feels it feels unfair. You know, it feels unfair that the Yankees, who are you know maybe not one of the 
two or three elite teams in the American League are right there, are going to be playing a team that is barely squeaking into the playoffs, and they have to win a single game in order to prove their 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 worth. But but it, but I'm I'm reminding everybody who's a Yankee fan this, and I know and. I'm telling you, let's put this on paper right now. If the Yankees lose that wild card game, it's going to be incredibly disappointing. What's that? What are you shuffling papers while I speak? You told me to write it down. Incredibly <laughs> disappointing. The li- it. It's literal. Yeah. Going to be very disappointing. However, wait, you said incredibly disappointing. Incredibly disappointing. But and very disappointing. Go ahead. It has been. An overwhelmingly successful year for the New York Yankees, and so I am. I cannot. I cannot be allowed to be pissed off because the idea of the playoffs were not even in the back of our heads. And now, all of a sudden, not only are we going to be a wild card team, but the New York Yankees have a future that looks bright. And it, look, and so do the Red Sox, right? It's what we talked about at the beginning of the year that was frustrating to me that we were developing young talent, and you already had. Young talent. I just don't think your young ta- talent has blossomed quite the way you thought it might at the beginning oh, of the whatever. year. Whatever. True or no? You tell me. Is that true? I mean, are you uh, happy with Mookie Betts no. and Jackie Bradley this year? Yeah, they don't. I didn't expect them to all become immediate perennial all stars. They all. I think they still still having some growing pains. They still sort of have their moments, but they're still they're still our guys. Like, I, and um, I don't know. The the to me the. The difference between last year's Sox team and this year's Sox team is um, we've made a couple of really good moves around the edges that are subtle that might actually work. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But for the moment, I just an interesting thought popped into my head as a, as a rooting fan of uh, the and let's let's leave hockey right out. If there are any hockey fans listening, you can just um, delete this from your phone. Um, but of all your um, your rooting teams. Can you think of your favorite season that where your team did not win a playoff game or or, or a series? I should say. You see what I'm saying? Uh, my like, favorite, but the favorite season where they didn't win. Right. In other words, even though they didn't win a playoff series, maybe they made the playoffs, but they didn't do anything. But right. yet, you said, as you're sort of suggesting for this season, you know, it was a success. It was a fun season. It was. Yeah. So like mine is the 1995. I don't know. It was it was like the Patriots team. I think it was 94. 94 Patriots team because we it was when Bledsoe came in and Parcells came in and just rescue. I mean we were like the dregs of the NFL and they managed to uh, make it to the playoffs and beat the Bears in the final game of the season to make the playoffs and then we lost to ironically Bill Belichick's uh, Browns team. That's mine. <laughs> the irony. What? Yeah. Well, you know, I was done think, I'm thinking out loud. I mean, I know there were some Jets teams. I can't believe I'm talking about the Jets and playoffs because those are two words that do not go together like Reese's. But on a one game winning streak. Come on. Oh, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I know that you know the Jets had a couple of playoff runs in which they knocked off your Tom Brady led Patriots, which. Um, but they, but you know, they made it to the to the. Um, AFC Championship game, so that that's not exactly. Yeah, I would follow that in a different right. category. You know, um, no, I, I have my answer. I have my answer. Okay. This is this is a hard one. It's it is the um, the nineteen ninety five New York Yankees, which you may or may not recall. The Yankees oh, had been on a yeah. massive 
playoff drought. I think it was 16 years. And it was Don Mattingly's last year. And making the playoffs was they they were the first if i if memory serves the first wildcard team so they made the playoffs as the first wildcard team which felt great and mattingly got his final year it was the last year of his career and he makes the playoffs and he actually ended up in the series against seattle had a phenomenal run i mean he started hitting like the mattingly of old but the 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 heartbreak of it was not just the fact that we lost but we lost we had our guts ripped out by right, the yeah, dude, by the Mariners. I mean, dude, guts this, spilling on the floor. So it's does, I can't exactly sound, think fondly. Can you let me say something. <laughs> no, that's a good answer. I was going to say, uh, does this sound familiar? Griffey rounds second. Uh, Griffey rounds third. He's going to try to score. Griffey to the plate. Save. God. And they brought in they brought in uh, Randy Johnson what? like six times in that series. <laughs> I mean, it was, you were going to say in the same game, felt like they kept bringing him in. in the same yeah, over um, and over and over again. Did Yankees, who, who did the Yankees bring in in extra innings? Do you remember It was that? Uh, Jack McDowell, if That's I recall. Right. And it Jack didn't Jack. work. It did not that was, work. That was one of the – and granted, I always root against the Yankees, so I was rooting against the Yankees. But um, no matter who I was rooting for, that was one of those, damn, this is cool. Like when the start – you just know you're watching something special, meaning postseason. Yeah. When they bring the starters in, you know, like – we better bring the starters in. Like, if there's anyone out in the bullpen that can help us, you know, really all hands on deck. I, I oh, just, it was um, great. I just it was great. That. And that's yeah. actually, if you think about the wild card game, the wild card game itself, it's the same feeling. If, you, if you're in a one or done game, it's and all hands been, on deck. And if you're starter, a couple good ones. Yeah. Yeah. If your starter, if your starter gets shelled, bring in the other one. I mean, it, it, there's no, there's no, but but it's funny. Yeah, like if for example, wait, hold on. I'm building yeah. on your last point. Uh, if you have the best reliever named Zach Britton in the bullpen, you don't leave him in. The, oh, <laughs> do sorry, sorry, genius Buck Showalter. He will never live that down. I mean, that's the same way that Grady Little will never bring down. He'll never live down leaving Pedro. Oh right? yeah, no, he no may question. never will, and that's that's going to be on Bucks. Literally his albatross forever. But I have one. Wait, I have one other tangent. But yeah, I have to tangent because, away. Um, I think um, uh, Buck Showalter is on my list of the John Gruden All Stars, and the John Gruden All Stars are the coaches whose reputation is built almost solely on how tough they look when the cameras catch them. Okay, <laughs> Buck Showalter's on there. Um, Pretty much all of the recent Steelers uh, coaches. Particularly oh, he's got the scowl, right? You're yeah. talking about that scowl. Like the yeah, Belichick scowl. Um, but uh, Belichick is almost – well, 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 don't – you're going to lose that argument. I mean, it, 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 I mean, five Super Bowls of winning has something to do with his reputation. But Gruden won one of them. Cowher won one. I think they outstayed their welcome. And Buck Showalter is not a freaking genius. I'm sorry, but no. people think he's awesome because he's got that – yeah, like you said, the scowl's the right word. Anyway. And he's got a look. He's got a look that makes you go, oh, that guy, man. He's not going to take any shit. He's the he's man. A, he's an old school baseball guy. Genius. Yeah. But, yeah, I think going back to your original point, if the Yankees, let's just say they were to lose the wild card game this year, or even if they win and lose in the first round of the playoffs, which, look, we're talking about Cleveland or Houston here. There's, I mean, that's, that's going to be rough. This will go down. This will replace those 95 Yankees because it's been a great year. I mean, I expected nothing. And today, I, I think I mentioned to you before the podcast, I had a chance to go to the stadium today and I saw um, Aaron Judge 
tie the all-time uh, record for rookie home runs with his 49th home run. And then... Congratulations. Hit another one. Right? Hit another one to set the all-time record for 50. It was great. Uh, and between Did the place judge, go absolutely bonkers? Well, and that was the only bummer of it. It was a Monday afternoon game that had been rescheduled from, you know, sometime I think in June. And so the the park was less than crowded. You know, they, they already clinched the wild card spot. They're probably not going to win the division. So it wasn't packed. But yeah, he hit his 50th home run. He got a curtain call. One of the reporters at the game said afterwards it was the loudest he's heard at the stadium all year, even though it was half empty. So, you know, it was, it was of, all, of all the dramatic moments ever <laughs> in Yankee Stadium, Aaron Judge, Roger Clemens, Roger's coming back! Roger! <laughs> Oh, yeah, I would have loved to. I was I was there at the game, so I didn't get to hear Susan. Right. But I'm assuming she literally had an orgasm on the air. And well, un- yeah, I was gonna say. I'm sorry. We, we, we're gonna have to have an entire separate show on Susie and and John. But um, all but of our broadcasters, just, they have. But I'm their curious perks. to I'm curious to know what genuinely is the attitude of real Yankee fans towards that pair. Uh, who John and Susan? Ah, everybody's got, I mean, I think most attitudes are more like mine, that I think you recognize the fact that they are, that their rhythms and their, and their, and their, they're, they're off somehow. And it's, 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 I understand how it would seem incredibly annoying and I get annoyed by it, but it's almost like. Endearing? Yeah. It's almost like that uncle, you know, like drunk uncle saying, you know. Semi-racist shit at the table. You're like, oh, you got to be kidding me! You can't say that, but you kind of love having him there. We yeah. have two. We have two versions of that. I'm sorry, you finish your point. Yeah, no, who is it? Who, who are oh, you? Uh, two. Uh, one is Jim Rice, who doesn't, who only does the the post game show on the local Ness and the local cable network. He's he's just enjoyably terrible. Like it's like it's like. Um, all right, so. Um, uh, Hanley Ramirez cracked a home run tonight, Jim. Take us through like what he was thinking about the pitch selection in here. And so let's take a look at it, Jim. And, and so then you hear Rice say, you got Hanley. Hanley's at the plate. He gets a, he gets a fastball. He gets a good swing on it. Ball goes out of the ballpark. You got yourself a home run. And, and that's, that's the analysis. And then he just got to – he has this big shit-eating grin on his face. Like um, – um, He's just he he still is the man kind of around here in Boston. We'll always love Jim Rice. And um and our other version is uh with the Patriots is is Scott Zolak, who was um you know he was Drew Bledsoe's backup, right? And but he is he came in like a house of fire and one of the first games he broadcast, Brady had this like big comfort behind um ho hum, big comfort behind a touchdown. And Zolak screams out, um, how did it go? He said, uh uh, unicorns, show ponies, where's the beef, Brady's back. And it was like, what, did you just invent three catchphrases that all are terrible and just throw them all in this like awful broadcaster's version of vegetable soup? That's it. Um, That's but, it. He, but, but he has he has grown on all of us too. We love him. Look, the, the, the definition of that on the Yankee side is the John Sterling home run call. You know, it's an A-bomb from A-Rot. And... I want to leap through the radio and throttle him on some of these calls. Just the, it, you're on the mark, Tashera. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 
Oh, text message. Oh, got the text who message. sends a text message? I, Wait, but does it really annoy you? Because well, I that's say, what I'm it's, saying. It's kind of fun. I, it, and it's I think annoying I in the I'm... moment, and yet all any Yankee fans want to know when a new player comes up is what his call is going to be. So, I mean, what what would your uh, John Sterling home run call be if you hit the home run? That wolf sends a howler into the left field stands. <laughs> I don't know. That was I'm throwing that out there at the minute. I could probably do better than that. Let me let me think. Uh, I, I would say uh, gotta be close. Michael right? Michael was hungry like the wolf. Uh-huh. No. Do you know how many hungry? <laughs> you know how many junior high school hungry like Mrs. Wolf jokes I had to sit through when Duran Duran <laughs> over and you over know, again. You know what mine would be? I think uh, what would it be. It'd be Yes, sir. That ball is gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you got You got to stretch it out. David, yes, hits it over. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't know. Something. Oh, God. Yeah, right. Anyway, yeah. so we, we I, I, love I him. I enjoy it. We love him. We hate him, but whatever. I, I, I will say this at the, towards the end of this year, as, the, as well as the Yankees have been playing, it seems to me like the damn Red Sox will not lose. I mean, I we had a shot. Yeah, we had about a week ago. We had a shot at catching up to you guys, and you ju- and we were winning, but you just yeah. you kept you and not only that you kept winning in extra innings. It was driving me crazy. What was that, that one win? Been, that has been cool. Yeah, we're, we're like fourteen. The Sox are like fourteen and three in extra. I think innings. it's even fifteen. I'm sorry, I think you have fifteen extra inning wins the last time. I think I you're right. I think I forgot the last one. Yeah, and that's um, it. There's your difference you, right there. Now you would you would think that that is a really good. Uh, you know, harbinger for the postseason because that would probably mean you've got really good relief pitching and clutch hitting, but allow it to like the Boston local pundits to like go back and, well, we looked back and the last team that did really well in extra innings didn't even make the playoffs. So, like, okay, thanks. Please. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the, the, in, in a nutshell, not to, I mean, we're, we're here to uh, enjoy the rivalry and enjoy our experiences. I don't think of us necessarily as the, uh, let's dissect and analyze up and down the whole lineups. However, the the brief word I will say about the Sox chances heading into the postseason is I still think we are a step behind those other two teams, Houston, Houston and, and, Cleveland. and Cleveland, Cleveland, who has just been ridiculously good. Um, but uh, the hope for the Red Sox is that um, the bullpen is, is pitching better than it has the whole season. And we've got these guys um, – Carson Smith, who like arose from the dead, and um, what's his name? The guy uh, Carson Smith. Where did who's Carson Smith? Yeah. I don't even know who he is. Yeah, we picked him up. He was supposed to be on our team last year. He was injured for the whole year. He was like a good reliever in the National League somewhere. And then um, this guy, what's his name? Miley. Um, oh my god, I should know my team. Anyway, really? we got um, embarrassing. And shut up. And. Um, and the uh, Kimbrel, the closer, is, uh, yeah. is as good as anybody. That stupid so, hanging arm thing of his. Oh, man, I just uh. you know, it reminds me a little of Lee Smith. I think. Do you think he stole it from Lee Smith? I don't know. It works for him. So, but I hate it. I hate it. Look, I and I honestly, I think the Yankees, if they can sneak into a series, they can do some damage. Because if you think about what playoff teams usually, when they succeed, they've got two or three solid starters. Right, and the Yankees now have an ace for the first time in Severino. Not quite Chris Sale territory, but close. They have a lockdown bullpen, and they have a, a lineup that can hit. Wait, you have a you have a lockdown bullpen? Oh, who's my, your lockdown bullpen? Uh, Araldis Chapman, 
Dylan Batansis, David Robertson, uh, uh, Chad Green. You can't those four. As much as been the guy who who couldn't make it through the whole season without getting right. benched, except you haven't seen him in the last in the last two weeks. Chapman's back to throwing one hundred four miles an hour with nasty, nasty movement. This guy, Chad Green, the Yankees have you probably never heard of him. Have you heard that name? No. Rookie comes up this year in May. I think he's got a hundred and. 10 strikeouts in like 68 innings or something like that. I mean, he is filthy. And and we've got Robertson and Batances. I mean, that if if they do their jobs, the Yankees should win any game they have a lead in. Period. Um and that and that's So that you yeah, can that, win. That, that, you can win you gotta, a series. You, you gotta, as, yeah, as they say, you got a puncher's chance um with a really good bullpen. Well, you know, and, what we should do the, we should, you know, next week I mean, it doesn't look like the Yankees are catching up to the Red Sox. It looks like the Yankees are going to be playing in a wild card game next Tuesday. The Red Sox are going to be playing either Cleveland or Houston. Next week's pod, we'll break down what we think our chances are. Is that a Ooh, plan? Is that a plan? Shut up. Shut up. Postseason preview. You heard it here first. <laughs> By the way, live update. Red Sox trailing Toronto 5-1. to one. Now trailing Toronto 5-3. to three. Look yeah, out. Now, here come is... those pesky Sox again. By the way, do you realize we're last in the AL and homers? Last. Right. And yet you've got a comfortable, comfortable lead against my team that hits home runs. I mean, we we hit, I think, three or four today. Uh, yeah, we hit, yeah, uh, th- yeah, four home runs. Two from Judge, one from Sanchez, one from Bird. I mean, but you don't do that. I, know, John, I, mean, I, saw, I, I saw John Sterling with a, a an ice pack on his throat after the game. He must he have been having a heart good. attack. Oh, God, I wish I could have listened to that. But it was better at the game. Anyway, I think it's – look, it's been a great season, but I want to win that wild card game. I got to stay calm. I've got – you know me. I can't – I'm going to be I'm going to be furious if we don't win that game. But it's been a great year. I got to – I just need to remember that. We, we did not think we were going to be anywhere near here. And I thought the Red Sox were going to be absolutely dominant. So I think we're in a pretty good place. We might have to broadcast live during that one game playoff. No, like no. if you can, I can just picture it like going into the eighth and ninth inning tied and you're on like your seventh gin and tonic, like trying to <laughs> hold it together. I think that would be fun. Add some Xanax to that mix. You know, there was a chance that the Yankees and Red Sox were going to have to do a play-in game, but I think that's over. Whatever. Shades of 1978. That did you not wish. work out so well for us. Yes. Well, I hear music, so I must be in love or we must be headed to a break. Join us on the shuttle on the other side where we talk about uh, football. Football! We're going to talk about football and TV. And as long as we're doing that, we might as well talk about like beer and potato chips too. Because they're all so great! Unless you're the president. He hates all of those things. They're all overrated. Maybe we'll get into that too. Join us on the other side on the shuttle. that i guess huh um, actually did you see uh that's the for those of you who don't know that is the mighty the mighty university of pennsylvania uh quakers fight song but did you notice they played um who did they play this weekend i think it was lehigh and scored a ton of points hold on i'm trying to look it up now i think they honestly i think they 
they scored something like 50, 60 points. I mean, it was ridiculous. I can't, yeah, I can't find it right now. I think they gave up like 40 points too. So let's not get too excited. But wow. um, the, yeah. the high flying Ivy slash Patriot League. Um, <laughs> Speaking so, of Patriots, good God. Woohoo! Yeah. Don't you just sometimes have to bask in the glimmer of greatness, whether or not you enjoy that greatness or not? Yeah, I was watching it. I was, you know, I well, I was watching. Um, do you have Red Zone by any chance? I do. I just got it. In fact, I'm a new Red Zone guy. I, there's, I, there's nothing yes, not to like. And I think other people may have mentioned this before, but the Sunday morning, not Sunday morning, the one o'clock game slate on Red Zone was unbelievable this week. I mean, the guy on I don't know who the announcer's name is, but he was having a heart attack on the air because he was trying to balance all these different like. Seriously, he's got he's got to take pills to get yeah, through because he's he's trying to keep every game that's close on screen at the same time, and and you you just can't do that. Uh, but he pulled it off. He he doesn't actually stop talking, right? For the no, pis- he's got a hard job, yeah. dude. There's no yeah, and so he doesn't go to the bathroom. I met. I mean, he can't. He's got he's got to hold it no, for no. half hour. Right? Or oh, he's hours, got. So. He's got like a trough under his desk. There's no yeah, doubt. He does. Yeah. He's got like a bud bottle. You ever try to piss in a bud bottle like on the way to the concert or something like that? <laughs> he's definitely. Yes. He's got I his think- Coke Zero. He's pissing in his Coke Zero. There's no doubt. <laughs> There's no, you know he's doing that. Yeah. But, he, right. but he's. I've heard him say, I heard him say it in week one. Um, he said something like, "This is the best ten minutes of television." And what he meant was the. Um, yeah, the, the closing minutes of those one o'clock games because there are always more one o'clock games than four o'clock games, so you get a better chance of having yeah. fantastic. Finish. And I got to say, the Patriots game ended in dramatic fashion, and then there were like two other games that also did, and I, and I got to watch all of them. It was awesome. My favorite. And I'm my telling favorite. you, the next the next time you hear him, and he goes, and Tom Brady throws the game winning touchdown. That means he's relieving himself. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna have this pitch. He's gonna be like, and there goes Tom Brady again. Oh, uh, what, what a relief! What a relief for the Patriots. That was uh, great. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, uh, Bill Woo! O'Brien. For the, Bill O'Brien for the Texans must really be pissed off at this moment, and, uh, and just like I did. Um, yeah. Anyway, and so, but then my my favorite non-Patriot was the um, the Eagles. Did you see the Eagles game? Oh, that, that was insane. It was. It was. That sixty one yards. Oh man. And he's a rookie. And here's my question to you: His um, ha- has he just hit his peak in life? Mm. <laughs> Do you know that guy's story? No, I guess I don't. He was this year. He was a fifth round draft pick from uh, I don't remember who the team was. Maybe Houston or Tennessee. I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head. But you know, you don't take a kicker in the fifth round, right? Not only does he. Well, is that is that that unusual? I guess fifth round is pretty early. Pretty it's high, still okay. it's yeah, it's it's not a second round pick, but it's still it's a pretty high pick. He um has a competition in camp and gets cut, loses the job, so they've That's wasted right. a fifth round pick. The Eagles sign him only because their kicker gets hurt. He's thrust into the starting role, and in his what is it his third game, sixty one yard, not only a sixty one yard field goal, but with time expiring against the Giants. Yep, in Philadelphia. That's. I mean, you're right. That that might be it. He should quit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you got to pull the Costanza and say, and I'm out. That's Put it. Well, I'm ahead. No, yeah, that because- was like me, if you remember. That was my my college intramural basketball career. You don't remember that? 
Oh, I do. You were one for one, right? Because well, I have to explain to listeners that my basketball skills are in kindly, if I use the word lacking, that does not do justice to how bad a basketball player I was. Our, I played uh, in the intramural game freshman year for our fraternity, hit my first shot, and walked off the court. Our, never, to, um, never to play again. Our mutual friend, Jeff, who was good at hoops, used to... Uh, Oh, derisive, yeah. derisive, sarcastically call you springs. No, it's derisively. It was derisively and was sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, I did not have a vertical leap. Right. I still don't. But by the way, the Red Sox still trailing five to three, but just in, they just gave up. Uh, oh man, I don't know. But the last two outs, the the guy cracks uh, what looks like a double down the line. The guy settles for a single. He um, takes off for second to try to steal second. He gets thrown out by uh, our catcher. The uh, oh god, now I'm forgetting the name of our backup catcher. Anyway, um, Jason Veritek. No, the, <laughs> Bob Montgomery. For those who remember Bob uh, Vasquez, Christian Butch, Vasquez, Butch Weiner, and, and the <laughs> uh, no, it was Ron Karkovice. No, never mind. Um, uh, then the next guy up with two outs, the guy hits one. It looks like it's going over the monster. It hits high off the monster. And he settles for a double. And then on the next pitch, um, Vasquez throws down to second pickoff attempt and picks him off, yeah, which never right. works, by the way. How often does that work? None of this matters. They're going to win in extra innings. I mean, it's all this is all just detail. And that's Not how exactly. I felt. That's how I felt watching Brady. That's how I felt watching Brady on that last drive. I, you just it's on red zone. I'm like, well, here it comes. And he throws that heave to Amandola. I don't remember how long a pass it was, but it was a, it was a, it was that a was heave. Third and uh, yeah, it was like eighteen or something. Oh no, it was third and eighteen. That was the third and eighteen. Right, right, yeah. right. Do you uh, even? Do you even? Do you doubt when you're watching? Oh yeah, come on. I mean, I'm human. I mean, first of all, he. But then you you didn't watch the whole game. He he. No. It was now. Listen, you look at the line, and he throws for more than three hundred. Those. Five gaudy touchdowns. That's a crazy stat line. But he looked like he was running for his life many times in that game. It, 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 yeah, yeah. It's like Houston he, played he, great, right? They did. They had their press run. There was one time where they had him down for a sack, and inches away from the ground, he throws this weird backhanded desperation toss to Gronkowski, who happened to be standing like next to the pile. And Gronk ran for like an insignificant seven yards. But it's like, oh god, this does. I mean. Um, and of course, we're always worried about getting hurt, even though he claims he's impervious to that sort of thing. But I, that was this was a game where I felt like we were always one play away from almost losing it. You know, I mean, having watched a football, you know it. You do the math in your head, and you say, okay, if they convert this third and two, I think it might be over. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Th- this uh, this is why people hate the Patriots because almost uh, it's not a hundred percent, but. Ninety percent of those situations, you're going to win the game. You always do. Oh, well, that actually reminds me. Did you see? I should have sent this to you. Um, a we- the website, that data-oriented website called um, Five Thirty Eight, I think it is. Nate Silver. Do you ever hear of it? Whatever. Right they course. did a piece about the most hated teams in the NFL, right. and so. And it's, it was a little imperfect the way they constructed it. I'm not going to go into it at all. But the I think they had the Cowboys as the worst, the most hated team, with the Patriots being second. But 
their point was that actually the hatred for the Patriots is more um, universal, egalitarian, I think is what they said, because most of the, the cowboy hatred was coming from other teams in the NFC East. The hatred of the Patriots was coming from everywhere. And in fact, and this was this was fascinating. They then based on the team's fa- the fans' favorite team. What what fans? The fans of what team do you think hate the Patriots the most? Uh, well, Jesus, uh, that's a good question. I, I guess the the so this you, is the first look to the rivalry. So it, so I assume it's not the Jets. It's not. It well, wasn't no, even okay. close. I I, I thought okay. we'd be number one with a bullet, but nope. Um, this uh, wow. Um, because it can't. Be, I don't think it's the Giants because the Giants actually hold this little superiority thing over David. Us. David, it's the Giants. Yeah, the new the fans of the New York Giants really hate the Patriots the most. And why would that be? I, be just, I know they they won twice. I know. I what, know. What are they? What are they hating? They won twice in ridiculously dramatic fashion. The first time as one of the biggest underdogs in Super Bowl history, like that when I fight with my friends on social media, that my giant fans, they always I mean, I, I always have a good line to come back. Like when the when the um, when the Pats won one of these recent Super Bowls, one of my giant oh, friends says, well, just, it just nice. goes to show you. Someone said it just goes to show you only the Giants can beat the Patriots. This is the day after the Super Bowl. And I said, yeah, you know what? Big day for the Giants. But when is the parade? I'm curious. You know, Um <laughs> But but I'm I'm with you it, it, because every time they say we you know we got you twice it, there's nothing I can say of course you did and, they did and they win and those those are two of the most heartbreaking moments in my the first one was of course freaking horrible and Bucky Bucky but no what are you talking about <laughs> Bucky I'm sorry B- Bucky Bucky trumps any of those losses right Yeah if you, you uh, thank you superhero captain change the subject um i i thought we were talking about football but what would but what, oh no 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 bucky's not the, the top one you know what the top one is for boston fans what is it kind of david obvious. tyree's catch no no what if we're talking all sports oh oh uh, oh all sports what's worse there's one that's the worst of it, it could be the worst most heartbreaking moment of, of all time for any sports fan you, you don't know what it is no, I, what's worse than Bucky Dent and David Tyree? I was, y- you and I were uh, probably oh, uh, oh, blocks away my bad. in our freshman my bad. dorm. <laughs> Stanley, that, yeah, yeah that, uh, uh, my bad, yeah. my bad. Buckner. You're right, eighty six. I mean, most people, most people know it as Buckner. I, I wow. know it as you. I mean, for all your success, you've had your share of heartbreak. Well, this is my theory of sports karma, it, and it's 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 actually a pretty simple theory. Is um, you know, karma has its limits. So, and the, the, I'll bring it around to the Yankees too, because when you it it's just stands to reason that if you get these amazing moments, and it applies very nicely to the Patriots, because like the Patriots, for all their success, had two of the most unlikely heartbreaking losses. Um, in Super Bowl history, when the the Tyree catch, and then the the other one, the Pages looked like they had that one too, and that Manningham made this ridiculous catch, and Wes Welker, who's money in the bank, drops a pass that he catches ninety nine times out of hundred, and the Patriots lose that one too, but then it gets to the Seattle Super Bowl, and now at this point we haven't won a Super Bowl in like ten years or whatever it is, 
And the freaking guy on Seattle, Curse, makes that catch where he's on his back and it had already been broken up and it just lands on his stomach. Do you remember that? Current New York Jet, Jermaine Curse, by the Is way. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> and th- But then it swung the other way, and it happened with the Red Sox. After years and years of heartbreak, it was it was bound to swing back in our direction at some point, and it did in dramatic fashion. I'm not going to rub the salt in your 2004 wound, but there you go. And the Yankees, with that remarkable run, um, and no one will believe me, but I predicted this. in the um, So Yanks had won uh what, did you guys actually win four out of five in the Jeter era? We won uh, 96, 98, 99, 2000. That's four out of five, right? Yep. And then we were and then, we lost in the World Series in 2001. Yeah, that's the one I want to talk about. So the so – the, uh, and not only but, – but you lost. But before you lost, you looked like you were dead several times. Do oh, yeah. Remember? We had huge BK. comebacks. Scott Brocious, home run. Right. Because of Kim. Right. You're – Totally Young, right. Young, Young, Young Kim, and of course the Red Sox and all their genius sign him in the offseason because why not sign the player who's failed most gloriously against the Yankees? Yeah, it was he sucked. And Jeter he sucked. Oh my! Well, it was great during the regular season, and he just he just crapped himself. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and I predicted to people, I said, "This is coming back to you guys. Like, there's no way you can keep getting all yeah. these breaks." Yeah. And sure enough, and it did. Mariano Rivera throw, throws Luis the ball Gonzalez. to the center field. But that doesn't even that loss doesn't even make doesn't crack. All right, let, I'm going to do this right now. That doesn't. Stink. That doesn't. Do oh no, it stinks. It. I'm going to crack. I'm going to give you my three, my top three sports heartbreak moments of my life. And that doesn't that doesn't hit it because, like you just said, we had one, four, five. And Wait, can I guess? Okay, go ahead. Guess. Can I guess? Yeah, okay. there, there are three in my life. I'll, and I, I can I have them ranked in my head. Well, um, uh, I assume one is 2004 Yankees. Now, I will rank that number three. And the reason, now, the collapse is horrendous and the pain was miserable, but it was cumulative. That's exactly right. right. It was cumulative pain. And by the time that uh, last game arrived, game seven... I it was over. You just knew. It was just like we were exhausted. It was like, oh, forget it. It's it's this is a disaster. So it was a nice long cumulative agony. So that's not right, wait. I, I want to guess. Are they both they're either baseball or I'm kind of giving you're kind of giving something away here, but tell me the sports of the two of the remaining two. One of them is baseball and one of them is college football. Oh, okay. I the college football has to do with your um uh, strange obsession with Nebraska. That right? is correct. Nebraska yeah, football. Um, I was in your apartment in New York when you swore off Nebraska football. You jumped up and you said, "I'm never rooting for them again." It was nineteen. No, I no. It's we <laughs> we hadn't met. I don't think. I think it was eighty three. And Nebraska's. Oh, well, then, you re- then you repeated it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The Cornhuskers had what was considered to be, and this is very similar to the Patriots when they went seventeen and zero. The Nebraska had what was considered to be the finest college football team of all time. And then they play the Miami Hurricanes in the 1983, I believe, Orange Bowl. And this was before Miami was a powerhouse. They were a huge underdog. And that was the game in which um, Miami's leading almost the entire game. The Cornhuskers score a 
touchdown, basically a last-minute touchdown, if Tom Osborne, the coach, decides to kick the extra point, they tie, and Nebraska basically wins the national championship. But he goes for two because, I mean, he wasn't good. He said, look, if we're going to be the greatest team ever, fuck that. We're not backing into a championship. Goes for two, doesn't make it. Miami wins the championship. I was sunk underneath my bed for about a week and a half. Yeah. And number that, that's, one. That, the two-point conversion, and we're going to get to your number one. It's it's so weird how it giveth and taketh away. Like, So, you know, I, I – I just, for some reason, I hate the two-point conversion because I think it comes down this oh, I too love much. It. Comes, I love too, it. I, I mean, I know why one would love it. I know why you love it because so because it's dramatic and it's awesome. And here we go. You know, if, uh, everything's on the line. But it's something like because it's just one play. I feel like it's almost sort of unfair and and maybe even random. You know, sort yeah, of but random. Think about what a but, kick but, is. Like, what's an extra point? It, I mean, that's. Well, listen, I I should be the biggest fan of it in history because <laughs> we just won a Super Bowl right. where they made they made two of them and needed both of them. Absolutely needed both of them just to survive. Previous season, the Patriots made this huge comeback against Denver and then failed on the two point conversion. And I just. It's one of the things that's cool about sports. I gotta say, you line up for that right. two point conversion. You need it, like like you you in the Nebraska game, and you all of a sudden realize, no matter what happens, I am going to be emotionally, um, <laughs> you know, either completely dead right. or jump. It, it, it's almost like if you're sitting with a co fan, you look at the fan and go, "Holy shit, oh, this is really gonna absolutely happen. yeah." And the, the moment for that, and we're going to get to your number one. Sorry, but sure. I just want to finish the thought. The, mo- the the one the biggest moment of that in my life was, and uh, it's a positive one. So it was before Vinatieri's field goal in the Super Bowl, when when you know John Madden the first time the Pats make the Super Bowl against powerhouse Rams. John Madden says, "Well, there's one one minute and twenty seconds left on the clock. I think Brady's just going to take a knee and just go to overtime." And we all went, "What?" And thank God he was wrong. But they drive down, and then all of a sudden, they get into field goal range, and Brady throws it to Jermaine Wiggins for like seven extra yards that was helpful. And he spikes it, and we all looked at each other, and we're like, oh, my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, this is, this is either going to be the greatest or the worst moment of our lives, and it's about to happen in about 30 seconds. Like, you don't know what to do with yourself. But so, okay. That's so, it. So, That's it. Well, no, not, and again, not to be anticlimactic here but we actually talked about it before the lowest point was when the yankees lost that seventh game to the seattle mariners in the playoffs in 1995 that was it that was i'm not kidding dave i went into a two-week depression i was like Mm -hmm. posting on random like aol chat room boards like what the hell is wrong with me somebody (laughs) does anybody else feel this way even my wife who she wasn't my wife back then we were living together and she was like what the hell is wrong with you you know what? But but my I argument, guess, my argument's going to be, ahead, not man. to cut you off, but I think all three of those wouldn't even crack your top five. Like, they, they don't. Right. The pain right. of what you guys have had to go through as Red Sox fans doesn't even come close to any of those three. Uh. Well, true. Well, yeah. I mean, we had we had the holy trinity of pain. Right. It was it was we, we we were we were crushed at the hands of uh, a banjo hitting shortstop uh, Dent Bucky Dent in '78. Loaded bat. And then we remember? were then it was a loaded bat. No, that's what they said. Mickey Rivers. He b- borrowed Mickey Rivers' he, bat, and it was, was corked. Weird. It was corked. Okay, so you cheated that, and then by the right. way, you also cheated in '03. He didn't know. 
Because, well, Giambi hit two home runs off of Pedro just barely over the fence in game seven, and he was on the juice. Anyway, are, are you going yeah, to start the steroids conversation? No, you want me to, no, you want me to no, roll man. some names? Don't you know that Manny Ramirez was afraid of needles? He had a thing about it, so there's no way he ever took steroids. Come on. Clearly. There's no way. Clearly. Clean as no. a whistle. They were, no, they were all – They were all. everybody was equally juicing. Um, but um, we had – yeah, so we were beaten by a player. Then we were beaten by our own defense – uh, Buckner, Buckner in 86. Bucky. He became the symbol. It, it was. It really was. Yeah, Bucky, Bucky Dennis, Buckner. Buckner and, then, and Grady. I mean, those Grady, that's just... And, and our own coach. That was the holy trinity of pain. And, um, yeah. Just uh, yeah. Anyway, and, so and, my and, pain and, is... Yeah, I, I don't call, think I my pain you. compared. You, you, remember, you remember, I called you to congratulate you, and I lasted about 12 seconds on the phone, and you said, oh, Dave, that's nice of you. Thanks. And then... <laughs> You started crying. What, what, a, what a sniveling little wimp I was. I, I just, I remember what I said. I said, I just really thought this was our time, you know? It was pathetic. Oh it was God. so pathetic. It was pathetic. It was pathetic. You started I crying. I was in a hotel room in Florida listening to my buddy in Boston start crying. And I know. Meanwhile, I'm excited as shit. I'm like, but I, I wasn't with another Yankee fan, so it's not like I was out drinking or anything like that. I was on a business trip. And here I am listening to you snivel. Like, Jesus, can I fucking enjoy the moment, for Christ's sake? I'm going to send well, you I a remember, handkerchief. I was, I, I was watching in a bar with my cousin Mikey, and as soon as you know, Posada bloops the hit, uh, I don't want to relive the whole thing, yes, but there's a couple things. I do. A couple things people, couple, okay, fine. A couple things people don't talk about. One, Grady, it's funny how history usually focuses on one person. Like, uh, and I'll use the other example. Buckner takes all the blame for that game. Really, Bob Stanley oh, threw the wild pitch. Bob, and, and, and Bob Stanley it, lost that game. Or, or Gedman, because people say he should have come up with it, and the Mets tied the game. And at that point, it was over. Like, I'm sorry, we weren't going to come back. Like, the momentum was completely on the Mets' side. The Buckner thing was just sort of the exclamation point. But And then flash, flash forward to the Grady game. Um, he gets decried for leaving Pedro Martinez in the game. But, like, I could make a very straight-faced argument. You've got the best pitcher in the majors on the mound. Now, granted, he might be tired, but... He's, he's still a, a great pitcher, and the next pitch he threw, it, it was a bloop. It was it was a bloop. And some people think if we had um, Pokey Reese in there instead of Mark Bellhorn, whoever we had right, in there, right. he might he might have caught it. And so the two runs come home, of course. And at that point, I put my I slumped down on the bar, put my head down, and um, I said to my cousin, I said it's over. And then we went to extra innings. I said, do you think we have any chance of winning? He goes, yeah, I'm feeling good, Dave. I go, Mikey, we have zero chance. Zero. <laughs> that was your fatalism. That was well-earned fatalism at the time, right? Yeah, I was right. Come on. Yeah. I was right. right. You know, we could have we scored six runs in the top of the 10th, and the Yankees would have scored seven in the bottom of the 10th. Totally. Like, it just, yeah, uh, totally. Just yeah. Until, but let's, you know, that's 2004. Let's not go there. Anyway, oh, pain. Right. That's, this next. was our pain segment. I thought we were going to talk about next. football. But we talked about pain. on the shuttle, yeah. 2004. Well, that's you know, that's that's where uh, the world took us. That's where life took us. That's where. But you we know, didn't even talk about the Jets uh, actually winning a football game. You know, if you had lost Mazel that game, if, you, if the Patriots had lost, which they should have, would have been tied. Would have been tied. Identical tied. one and two records. Are you worried <laughs> about the Jets? No, uh, about the Patriots. Um, I'll say this. Like all empirical evidence would point to the fact that Brady is still unbelievable. 
Uh, Belichick still has a way of, of pulling out a game. But there are huge weaknesses on the team where where, we, where all the pundits sit going into the season, the Patriots are loaded on both sides of the ball. Our, our defense is kind of sucky. Our defense hasn't done anything all season, really. Um, I don't know. I think that Texans team might be good. I was just super impressed. If they, but, if but they have a quarterback, worried, I, if they have a quarterback, they yeah. they can be good. It's uh, it's and jury's he, still he looked, out. He looked really He's mobile. Good. He looked really right. Good. Yeah. 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 Well, that you know, was that Deshaun Watson, he, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he could get hurt, but he could be brittle. But that's what they said about RG three. And look at uh, oh, um, that's what they said about Michael. Uh, oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> How about Cam Newton? But, um, He's been terrific. Oh, God. Cam's I done. I hate- Cam's done. You think so? He, I mean, he's done. He can't. He's not mobile anymore, and he can't throw. That they, he, he's toast. You know, as soon as I say that, he's going to be unbelievable. But he, we should wrap up this segment. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, but, good point. But 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 but, but uh, I find this interesting because it, it seems like remember when Randall Cunningham was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and said the quarterback of the future. Yeah. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Has there ever been one uh, that has sustained success? No, they they RG three, Cam Newton, and and um, wait, who were we just talking about? Yeah, they've all had these flashes of and Vic had that when they're they're a top three quarterback, and two years later they're done. It's it's amazing. Well, Cam's not done, but he's he's just not what people thought he was going to be. And I don't, I mean, his body broke down. What are you going to do? Um, the, uh, thing with, uh, not Randall, well, like Randall Cunningham was pretty good in his day. Great. Like really he was great. Won anything. And Donovan McNabb was good, right? Yeah. Yeah, but no. Okay. So my, as we, as we go to break, let me ask you this trivia question. I think I've got it right. Brady's on the verge of like breaking the record for touchdowns to the most different receivers. Really? Or maybe he just Seriously. broke it or whatever. And, and guess who's, guess who's second? Well, you think Elway or Marino, but no? No. Um, I'll give you a hint. This guy was both a Patriot and a Jet. Although most people don't remember that he played for the Patriots. It was only one season. As a quarterback? Yes. Those are the ones who usually throw the, the touchdown. Vinny Testaverde. That's right. No Very kidding. Good. Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. Is second in touchdowns to different receivers? That's crazy. When you think about it, I guess receiver. part part you of it played is for so many teams. That's it. So when you when you switch a team, you get a whole new fleet of receivers. I guess that's maybe part of it. Okay, I don't think we've um, that was a long one. Definitively, yeah, we we didn't really come to any conclusions at all. But I hope you enjoyed it. You know, we're 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 throwing a lot of stuff against the wall and creating this tapestry. Boston sports. We haven't talked about spitting or any digestive issues that you normally bring up at some point. Perhaps on the other side. Alright, do you need to visit the restroom? Oh, you mean the discussion's coming. Okay. Join us on the other side. Uh, might be farts. Might be something else. Who knows? But it'll be good. See ya on the show. to the shuttle. You know, I'm going to take over now. I, I think I'm going to be the host. I forgot you were the host. You're doing great, though. Keep going. Everybody had a nice break? 
a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, I did a little traveling. Did you? Yep. You're, did you urinate? Mm-mm. No? No. Wait, let me check. No. Into my Coke Zero bottle, as I said, right below my desk here. I'm relieved and feeling fresh. Uh, yes. Reminds me of the scene on The Office where Dwight is in the back seat with Michael driving and um, without permission, pees in a Coke can and suddenly screams, I think I cut my penis. And if you don't laugh at that, then you're not human, my friends. Okay, name the movie. May I go May I go to the bathroom? <laughs> Come on, scoop a chocolate, scoop Thank a vanilla. You. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Well done. Um, well done. Uh, my, uh, wife's, uh, my wife's favorite comedy, actually. Uh, underrated, I think. Fair to say. Underrated. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, she died, actually. The lead actress uh, last year. Not to bring yes. you down at all. Yeah. Yes. Glenn, she was uh, in like Headley. Glenn Headley. Glenn yeah. Headley. Yeah. yeah, she's kind of hot. Yeah, in her time. Underrated. Underrated. I'll you give know, that. They, made that, they made it into a Broadway show, which I actually I saw. Know. Oh, you did? Any yeah. good? Yeah, you know, it was good, but you know what it was? It was just the movie. Like, I don't know what else I was expecting. No, I guess they added songs. Did they add songs? I guess they added songs. But I, I always thought it was weird that you can make, a, like, I understand how Grand you make. Dog, Groundhog Day is on Broadway right now, and it's supposed to be pretty good. See, that? it, it seems like the recipe for, there are obviously theater people that, that know the formula better than you and I, I guess. But I always found it amusing that you don't need like a super highbrow movie to make it into a Broadway show. Like you would think something like maybe, I don't know, like The Godfather or, you know, Pritzi's Honor or so, one of those Dave, like. Dave, Rocky was a Broadway show a couple of years ago. Yeah. Rocky. It was? Rocky. And so apparently, like- apparently the show was terrible until what happened apparently i never saw it but when it's time for the final fight scene they created some sort of mechanism by which the ring starts moving into the audience and the audience sits ringside for rocky's final fight and apparently it was awesome but it didn't outweigh the fact that the show sucked you know there's only so much i mean rocky the musical i mean come on this is this is something you and I have in common. We will always be um, amused and amazed by Disney like parlor oh, tricks yeah. like that. Like like hell you know, yeah. and, the, and the the when Epcot first opened, they had that dinosaur ride. That they still have actually. They've changed it, but 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 it was the thing where you're sitting in what appears to be sort of regular stadium seating, and then the first section starts moving forward because you're going into the dinosaur. Like cool. It's like we're even moving. if they're, <laughs> I know we're moving. <laughs> How did, they, how did they do that? How did they do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, anyway, uh, so we're, we're on our media notes now. Media we, notes. You know, this is the time in the podcast we like to talk a little bit about what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're listening to. Uh, Dave, any uh, any thoughts on your end? Yeah, let's, let's start with the tube. And I will say I have um, been up and down with American Horror Story, and I'm totally back in now. Um, so if you haven't watched the show, in a nutshell – I think we're on like the seventh season or something, but it's it's the kind of thing where each season is its own creature, but there are it's an ensemble cast. So the likes of uh, Jessica Lange and uh, Lady Gaga has been in there, um, but the regular repeat performers are actors and actresses that you wouldn't necessarily know. They're not like huge names, um, although Angela Bassett's been in a bunch of them. And this, they always have a different theme. So, like, have you seen this, Milt? I should ask. Oh, my son is completely obsessed. 
but I've right. never watched it. But he, mm. he, he, it's his only show that is outside of Game of Thrones. It's his only show that's appointment viewing. Everybody knows at 10 o'clock, is it Tuesdays? Yeah. Whatever the night is, he just, he, that's it. That's his time. And he goes and he obsesses you, on it. You should dive in. I could tell you some seasons are better than others. They, they, this did is about Trump, one. right? Isn't it? Well, that's right. It's it's pretty genius. Like you wonder how, how do you make a horror story about Donald Trump? It's not really about Trump. It's about the um, you know the tenor of the debate in our country and how things could go horribly and horrifically awry. The mo- the the show itself is is genuinely horror, as in horror movie. Like there is gore. There is stabbing people where you hear the knife going into the person <laughs> there's there's gross stuff but there's also an element to it that's like mystery there's something lurking behind this or that if you were a fan of the show lost which i think you were right absolutely yeah, yeah. So yep. and so the way they weaved in like flashbacks and other things and to me lost was at its best when it had you going holy crap i didn't realize that's what was going on but yeah now it makes sense or they would pull these little tricks where you would they would cut to a commercial and it was actually a commercial for the Hanzo Corporation, which is the evil corporation that right, ran right, the yeah. experimentation on the island. Anyway, so American Horror Story pulls little tricks like that that keeps oh, you I engaged. love that. And in, in, in addition to some old fashioned, you know, Freddy Krueger style gore. But what they've done here is, and I'm only going to give the premise, no spoilers, but they've they the the show this season starts with election night and there's a lesbian couple that is super super liberal and they are so crushed by election results they're weeping um and we all know people like this right that maybe took it a little too too much to heart um and then you soon learn that there is a the name of the show this season is cult and you soon learn that there is a cult developing that seems to have been emboldened by the election results in, in, uh, in, in, in favor of like anarchy, right? right but right. but then there were t- and and there's no way I can do it justice. Then it 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 kind of turns it on its head. The people who you thought were liberals actually end up de- uh, actually has to defend herself against accus- uh, accusations of racism, and she sees the there are just all kinds of shoe on the other foot, foot on the other shoe, however that goes. So really good. If you, if you haven't gotten on the train yet, you can start this season. You don't have to go back and watch season one. It's not cumulative like that. So uh, it's yeah. it's just a great take. Very well done. No, I've heard it's amazing. Jacob worships it, and he he agrees. You do not have to go back and watch the old seasons. They they make some references, apparently, but it, it starts pretty clean each time. Yeah, there are some sort of wink and nod, like, references to old uh, uh, seasons, but it it, it, it would not affect your uh, – enjoyment at all that's you're not you're you are not alone in love for that show so so what well, do you got my, yeah my, you know i need i think i need your help sorting through some emotions of mine and maybe you can uh it's let's turn to the world of music for a minute yeah. um a couple weeks ago you may have noted the passing of a, a gentleman named walter becker does that name sound familiar to you i confess it does not okay he is half of the uh duo of the super group named steely dan Oh, of course, yes, yes, um, yes, yes. He and Donald Fagan um, created Steely Dan. I I actually am a huge fan of Steely Dan, and I know it became a little bit of a pop culture joke. I think in one of the Apatow movies, I think it was Knocked Up, they made fun of uh, of uh, the character that loved Steely Dan for some reason. But uh, great, amazing band. He died tragic, et cetera, et cetera. But what the reason I bring it up is there's a genre of music 
that has been celebrated on Sirius XM and elsewhere. There was a series of mini movies created years ago around this idea of yacht rock. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, my cut, my cut, rock is. Oh, big time. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a fan at all. Um, well, I'm, okay. You now, are now is, or something. Here's here lies the problem. Now, Steely Dan is considered one of the pillars of yacht rock. If you turn to the yacht rock station on Sirius XM, which sometimes they feature heavily, and now they've got it buried a little bit, but Steely Dan comes on every, and you know you're getting music like. From Hall and Oates and from, you know, Christopher Cross is at its worst and things like that. But there is a absolute guilty pleasure I find when listening to that music. But I feel dirty doing it. And the passing of of Walter uh, Becker has me concerned that I have become yacht rocked in my life. That... Um, <laughs> I'm just looking, you know, you know, look, we're getting older, right? And the calling card of Yacht Rock is just some smooth sailing. I want just a nice, easy groove, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and I'm starting to think, you know what? That might be me. It, well, I should have been troubled when you started going to gin and tonics exclusively. Well, and- more just straight gin, but that's okay. I'll give you that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, tough guy. Um, yeah, really, really. Yeah. I got hair on my chest. Do you drink it out of the martini glass, though? The classic martini? No, I'll put it on Chill. ice. Just drink it Drink it straight. Okay. It's all good. All right. Anyway, yeah, you know, Yacht Rock music. It's just a complicated thing in that I know that with, with, the, with a few exceptions, it's music that you are not supposed to admire. And yet, I guess that's the definition of guilty pleasure, guilty, right? Guilty pleasure or um, as to borrow from one of my favorite podcasts uh the adam carolla show his sidekick bald brian calls them um oh my god it's like dork tunes or something like that um maybe right eh, but but i'll ask you the question when she's gone by hall and oates comes on the radio you do what you've got me there yes i I listen to the whole thing you turn it up right yeah uh, no, everyone's eternity every, in the city. Everyone's high on consolation. Carbon and monoxide through my thoughts away. I gotta say, sometimes I might even shed a tear as they uh, they go into the the last part of the bridge. There, she will never be what she was to We could do this, man. Um, I think that's, we just, that's Yacht Rock. I think we just proved that we can't. But um, well, anyway, so let, me, let me go back. That's I what mean, I'm listening. I'm not exclusively listening to Yacht Rock, but I am confused by my admiration for the genre. Okay. Okay. So, that, that makes sense? Um, yes. And I have uh, a little uh, a footnote on that because um, one of the Yacht Rock icons is uh Stephen bishop do you know Stephen bishop oh yeah well on and on right and on exactly i mean that yeah. that is uh that's uh garden variety yacht rock right there that's and also, that's embarrassing right also no the whole thing is embarrassing but yeah, it, yeah, it that's depends why i bring on it up. pick and choose my cousin jonas is a huge fan of yacht rock i should access him he keeps talking about it and it 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 weirds me out a little bit. Stephen Bishop also did um, the theme to what iconic uh, comedy? I think I've used the word iconic too much on this. Oh, episode. oh! Um, one of the greatest comedies of all time. He's not uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, is he? 
No, no, uh, a film, a film. Oh, one film. Of the, one of the, yeah. Tootsie. There you go. Very good. I um, remember that. I did remember yeah, that. It, it, it might be you, right? Uh, ben, That's right. That's right. You. Okay, so now here's, here's a trivia question that will blow your mind if you don't already know it. Um, Stephen Bishop had a memorable cameo in what um, uh, wacky comedy of the hmm, 80s? Um, and it's this is uh, I can't think of another word other than to repeat iconic. This this is this is one of considered gonna, one of the I'm greatest. Go, I'm going to go with stripes. No, but you are absolutely in the ballpark. Mm. Um, Give it to me. I guess, Give it to me. All right, let me. I'm going to keep giving you little hints, and at some point you're going to get it. Okay, in the film, Stephen Bishop is actually playing the guitar. Okay. Oh, I know it. You got it. You got he's, it. Uh, yep. It's uh, he's in Animal House when yeah. Blue yes. destroys yeah. the guitar. That's that. That's I. I think I knew look. that in the back of my head. Yeah. But as soon as you said guitar, you know that's yeah. It's a big I gave moment. My, I gave my uh, love a cherry that had no. I love a chicken that has no. <laughs> hey, sorry. Um, I think if we go back and look, I think I think the sorry was was ad libbed. I don't think he was supposed sorry. to say sorry. <laughs> it just he just like destroys the shit out of that thing. Like he he, he doesn't even leave a string. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. All right. What are your feelings on ambrosia? Pardon me, Ambrosia. Ambrosia, yeah. What's Ambrosia? Yacht Rock. That's a that's a band, Ambrosia. Oh come on, you're the biggest part of me. Oh, make a wish, baby. By the way, yeah, long drive to center field. Andrew Benintendi. Red Sox. Andrew Benintendi. Red Sox update. And uh, bottom of the eighth. Sox trailing five three. Now trailing five four. Oh, Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, center field. They they win. They're, they're, they're winning this game. They're winning this game. Not even, I don't even care. Anything else on your list, or are we wrapping yeah, this up? I'll, I'll do the the 60-second version. If you haven't seen Train Spotting 2... Um, I have not. You get, Lo- love the first one. Love well, it. You get, okay, so this is... Let me take the next 30 seconds to say... You have to watch this movie. It is, it is to me, almost the perfect sequel. It is. Uh, it pays wonderful homage to the first movie it has the entire original cast back it uh and i don't think i'm giving anything away because i think this is in the trailer but you and this is the last thing i'll say you remember the the opening uh bit uh recited over like the choose Iggy Pop- life right yeah, choose, choose yeah. life choose a big fucking television set right um and uh they they update that for modern times so it kind of talks about social media and stuff it's and it is brilliant and i i can't wait to see it again and I don't know why the movie came and went so it quickly. Got terrible right? reviews. I never I'm saw it because you, the reviews were so bad. Great. It was great. And it also All prompted right. me to revive my efforts to perfect my Scottish accent. So in is the it, words of Six Training. Uh oh, it must be, I guess. I don't know. That guy who does the red zone, he's streaming right now, as a matter of fact. He has to. Well, there um, we go. Well, and and the so Transpotting Two Transpotting Two, I gotta see it. And I and by, and by, one little uh, addition to that. You didn't we let me can't... do my Scottish accent. Oh, go ahead. Can I do just it. do my sick boy imitation? It's not going right. to work. It's not going to work. That's La Andres, the quintessential Bond girl, untouchable, the prettiest girl in the world. You see how I roll the L like that? I'm working yeah. on that. So That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Sean Connery. Sorry, go ahead. 
That's a great movie. Great movie. Uh, we're not going to talk about this now, but um, have you heard of the movie Mother? No. Oh, well, is that the Albert Brooks movie, Mother? No, no. It's a new movie that came out last week. That's the most reviled, hated, and fascinating film you've seen. And I don't, we'll talk about it another time because it's too deep. But uh, if you haven't seen it already, you might not be able to because it's probably going to get thrown out of theaters pretty soon. But it it's is. Not- I bring it up because Train Spot, you know, Train Spotting is pretty fucked up, right? Train Spotting yeah. is like a, 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 a skipping through the daisies compared to watching this movie Mother with Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. It's like it- that's a fucking joyride. This okay. thing is brutal. Um, so are you saying it belongs in the same conversation as like human centipede or uh no because it's more redeeming it's more redeeming than that but it's it is a miserable movie experience and yet i can't stop thinking about it so i'm gonna leave it at that but no 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 faces up the ass but (laughs) you didn't actually see that movie did you no there's no No. way i'm watching that thing it's it's the most horrifying movie i've never seen yeah that's that's perfect I I will never see it, and yet I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, I mean, I I do stop thinking about it, but when I think about it, I get ill. Yeah, anyway, not not, not going to put myself it. through that. Okay. All right, so there's Are our media done? recommendation of what not to see. I think yeah. we're done. I think that we've covered all there is to uh, cover. Um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to commit, and we're going to be here next week. Whether you like it or not, we're going to be here. Whether you like it or not. The yes. shuttle flies on. Come back for the punishment. Come back for the alleged wit. Come back for the stories. And uh, we promise. Baseball playoff preview. Baseball playoff preview next week on the shuttle. Everything you need to know about uh, who will rise and fall in MLB this year. Um, and who will embarrass themselves, fall on their face. And we promise more Milt references about farts, diarrhea, spitting. You really... I mean, it is your bread butter. I really enjoyed this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for watching the Red Zone. And thank you for listening to the shuttle. I got to go to the bathroom. Bye, everybody.